Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lanny, and I'm so excited for today's episode. I have Tia, the founder of Smart Women Society, on the podcast. We talk about all things finance, entrepreneurship, graduating college, finding a job, networking, managing your money, investing, and all that good stuff. It was definitely an episode and a conversation that I desperately needed. I'm planning on moving out, so this was super helpful for me. I'm also paying off student loans, so it was very helpful to talk to Tia, and you guys are in for a real treat. You have a beautiful Australian accent. You know I love my Australians, so Tia is Australian. She's from Australia. No shit, (laughs) Um, but... I hope you guys enjoy that episode, but until then, let's get into our weekly intention. So my weekly intention is to really be present in the moment. I have a lot going on in my life right now in terms of commitments. I have school. I have two jobs. I have my social media networks. I have my podcast. I want to see my friends. I want to relax. I want to work out. I could go on, but The only thing that's going to make me super anxious and stressed is if I continually think about the future or what I should have done or what could happen or what ifs and all these anxious thoughts. And yes, it's okay to have some of these thoughts, but it's really important to be aware of them. And a lot of the times they come from living too much in the past or the future. So I want to really encourage myself to be in the present and to be mindful of my thoughts and my perspective on what's going around me. And that leads me into the tip of the week, and that is to journal. I haven't been journaling since I've been sick with COVID, and I actually want to get back into it. And I'm going to start using my prompts again, and I actually want to try to get a five-minute journal. I think it would be really helpful, and I've always been interested in them, but I think being present and mindful is a really good tool to have, and journaling can really help with that mindset and the mindfulness. And now on to my current faves. I'm currently loving running very much. I don't know. I can't remember if it was a favorite last week, but it's a favorite this week. I'm also very much into lifting, um, but back onto running before I move on. I ran my first 5K on Monday. I ran my first 5K, and let me tell you, that shit was fucking hard, but I felt incredible afterwards. I had runner's high. I'm still feeling so accomplished and so proud of myself. I sat myself 
out to have a challenge and a goal for this week, and I achieved it on Monday, the first day. So, or the second day if you count the week starting from Sunday, but who does? I don't know. Maybe let me know in the DMs on the Morning Ray podcast Instagram. But running is definitely a current fave, jumping rope, having fun with my workouts, being outside by my pool. My pool is definitely a current fave of mine. I've been obsessed with it. We got it put in October and now it's open and it's just been so nice. It feels like I'm on vacation. The pool lights up at night. We have a little fireplace and I'm so grateful and I'm so spoiled that I have this. I did most definitely did not grow up with a pool or a fancy backyard. But I'm so grateful that I have one now, especially with it being the pandemic and not being able to go on vacation for a while. And I know that's a privilege, but I do really miss it. And I kind of get a little glimpse or taste of vacation life in my backyard. And I'm so grateful. I've been working outside, balancing by keeping my laptop in the shade and me in the sun. But I've been loving being outdoors as much as I can. I'm just such a summer child. I'm such a sun child and it's the inner Leo in me. But anyways, we are going we. It's just me here. It's just me, Lanny. We're going to bring, I'm still saying where, I'm going to bring on Tia onto the podcast from Smart Woman Society. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I love you guys so much. And and here's Tia. Kind of rhymes with Leah, my hot ass producer. But anyways, here's Tia. Quick break to talk about today's sponsor, Work Patterns. Thank you so much for sponsoring Morning Ray. Work Patterns is the people management app that gives managers tools for unlocking the potential of their teams. Being a great manager has never been harder. The relationship between employees and their managers is a key driver of workplace productivity and engagement. We believe that with the right tools, managers can be exceptional leaders. Work Patterns is designed to make team management easier, enabling continuous one-on-one feedback, collaborative meetings, recognition, goal tracking, and workflow management all in one place. I know right now a lot of us are working remotely. It can be difficult to not only manage your employees, but as an employee, it can be difficult to stay on top of all the work, meetings, and whatnot you have going on. And that's where work patterns comes into play. Whether you're a manager struggling to stay on top of things or a CEO whose organization has outgrown its systems, work patterns can help. We've reimagined manager tools for today's working relationships. We provide the guidance and streamlined workflows managers need to stay organized with a structure for unlocking the potential of their teams. If you're interested in trying out work patterns for free, you can go to workpatterns.com. That's W-O-R-K-P-A-T-T-E-R-N-S dot com, C-O-M, and try it out today for free. I'll have it linked in the show notes below. Thank you, Work Patterns, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. So I'm here with Tia. Tia, welcome to Morning Ray. Thank you for having me. Of course. And the listeners are blessed with your beautiful Australian accent, so they're in for a real treat this week. (laughs) It's going to stand out so much against your accent as well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So who are you? Where are you from? And what is your zodiac sign? Oh, so my name is Tia Angelos. I am the founder of Smart Women Society. We're an online education company that helps women get smart in all aspects of their life. So with their money, their career, their well-being and their love life. And what sets us apart from other people is that we give really practical and actionable tips and break down really complex topics into simple and easy to understand content. So I'm based in Brisbane, Australia, very sunny. And I was just saying before that 
we're pretty much heading into winter and I'm still wearing short sleeves so that's awesome and I am a Leo oh I'm also a Leo amazing what day are you born August 6th I'm July 31st so close (laughs) okay so you focus on empowering women to make smart career choices. I'm about to be graduating at university. So what mistakes do you think most women make when it comes to determining their career path and maybe trying to get that promotion or those ne- going on to those next steps? I think one of the biggest mistakes or common pitfalls that women make is just lacking confidence. And that's in all aspects of their career, like not going after opportunities. A big thing as well, and especially for college students that are finishing up with their degree, is not going after a job, especially if they don't feel like they meet 100% of the criteria. And there's a really awesome stat, actually it's not awesome, but there's a really interesting stat that I read that men go after jobs when they reach 60% of the criteria, whereas women will only apply if they meet 100%. And I feel like that holds a lot of us back because we're missing out on so many awesome opportunities because we talk up in our head that we're not good enough for it or we're not qualified for it. And that really holds us back a lot. So I think that's a really big one. And as well as that, just not asking for a promotion or a pay rise, not again, lacking that confidence to kind of just go after it. And what's the worst that can happen? It's going to be a no. And then you try something else or try harder for something else. And I think that really holds us back a lot. Yeah, for sure. I even find myself questioning and having like imposter syndrome, looking at jobs and looking at the job descriptions. I'm like, well, they're asking for like three to five years of experience in social media. And I'm like picturing like working at an agency or like in-house. And like, I have that three to five years, but then I am doubting myself because it's not quote unquote professional. Um, So what would you say are three tips or maybe like one or two, whatever you come up with that you give to these individuals to help build that confidence and encourage them to take that leap of faith? I think firstly, know that you're not alone. And I think that that is something that I really struggled with when I was finishing my degree, that I didn't really know what pathway I wanted to take and I didn't really have the confidence and when you actually start talking to a lot of your friends and a lot of your peers and stuff, everyone's going through the same thing. So firstly, like chat to your best friends, chat to people that you study with. And I think knowing that other people are going through the same thing is just a great way to feel a bit more supported in that sense. And then secondly, in terms of confidence, I think the biggest tip is just going for things. And I was talking to a recruiter the other week and she said that Job requirements are a wish list for employers. So it's not, you don't have to meet all of them. It's what they ideally would like to see. But a lot of the time, what you learn on the job, what you learn is on the job. So don't feel discouraged if it says three years experience and you only have two or you only have one. Just go for it because I know so many people that have done that and then they end up getting the role and acing it. And yeah, just really go for it and don't be discouraged with rejection because the right role will land there for you. Yes, I like what you said about how the job requirements is a wish list. My sister, she's eight years older than me, so she has a bit more experience and she's always telling me that. So it's kind of nice to have it be told to me from someone who isn't family. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So you also educate your community on how important it is to have not only a career, but also a side hustle. Why is this something that's so important to you? 
Yeah, for sure. I've always been a massive fan of side hustles. I always had side hustles as I was studying. And there's quite a few reasons that you might want to start a side hustle. And the obvious one that I think most people kind of gravitate towards is to make more money, another like Mm -hmm. stream of income. But as well as that, it also is just a way to explore your passions, like people starting a podcast, for example, like it's an awesome way to be creative and explore passions. And then for other people, eventually it could be a way for them to quit their nine to five or to go into a path of self-employment or entrepreneurship. So that's some of the reasons why you might want to start a side hustle. And I think especially out of COVID, a lot of people kind of reevaluated their life and their career. And it's a great way if you're a bit scared to just totally change your career or that you want to do something else that's on top of your current job. Side hustles are that perfect middle ground. Do you have any tips for someone who maybe wants to start a side hustle but doesn't really know how to go about it and is kind of intimidated by the whole idea? Yeah, for sure. We actually have a side hustles game plan that we release, so that breaks it all down. But in terms of some simple tips, choosing your side hustle, think about if you have any hobbies that you could potentially monetize as a great place to start, or if you have any passions that you want to explore and could turn into something that you make money from, um, as well as that the best step is to just, again, jump right into it, but make time for it and make sure that you schedule it and break it down and include it as part of your day. And yeah, make time to grow it because these things don't happen overnight, but there's a lot of rewards if you really stick to it. Mm -hmm. And I know from speaking with a lot of my guy friends that they understand finances and stocks and all this stuff. And That conversation doesn't really happen with my female friends. They don't really know too much about managing their money. They kind of seem lost for the most part. I know I have like some general understanding, but I'm definitely no pro. Why do you think women struggle when it comes to like their mindset around money and taking the time to educate themselves within like the realm of like stocks and investments and how to properly manage your money? Yeah, for sure. And I was actually thinking about this a lot and totally similar to what you just said. I listened to my partner's conversations with his friends and they talk about their investments and their savings and they're really open with the dialogue they have around money and it's not weird or awkward. Whereas with my girlfriends, it's not really a topic that comes up and we don't discuss it. And I think for a lot of women, they're kind of shy to talk about their finances and they might think that it's not polite or it's a little bit embarrassing to discuss money. But I think that's a massive factor that contributes to this money mindset for women is we just don't talk about it enough and we just aren't open about it to each other. And we should really be encouraging each other to talk about our financial goals and our budgets. And I think where it might come from is that a lot of us have limiting beliefs when it comes to money, that it's Mm -hmm. too hard or it's too complicated and we'll just never be good with money. And that's the thing when you have these limiting beliefs that Once you say to yourself, you can't do something, you'll never do it. So when you have the limiting beliefs, it actually stops your ability to grow and have a positive relationship with money. So it's super important to really start off with looking at those beliefs that you have around finances and money and work on changing those first. So you can change your limiting beliefs and you just got to be aware of them and really have that desire to change them and then just practice over time about being more open and willing to learn and grow. What do you think one of the biggest mistakes females particularly make when it comes to their money and budgeting? I think firstly is just not educating, being educated about finances and being open to learning about how to manage their money and as well as that not having a plan for your money and not knowing Mm -hmm. what's coming in and out and 
one that's more pertinent to females, I think in particular, is overspending and impulse shopping as well, especially (laughs) in the last year. (laughs) Yes, I definitely, I've gotten a lot better when it comes to my shopping habits. I started tracking on an Excel spreadsheet. I'm using, I think it's the 50-30-20 method. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so new to it, but I'm like tracking my income and everything because I've always done it for like my Instagram income and like all that because I have to track it for taxes. But now because I want to move out, I'm like really nailing in like, okay, where am I overspending? Noticing it's a lot on dining and entertainment um, because lots (laughs) of coffee. (laughs) And occasionally like I'll have like splurges like in a month like I'll go like a few months without really buying like clothes or like accessories and stuff and then like in one month I'm like I go on a high and I'm like okay I'm gonna get like two pairs of new shoes I haven't really spent money so I definitely see where that happens because I don't think guys do that for the most part they don't really care and I think as well like it's so important that I think the word budget and tracking your money has a really negative stigma around it. But at the end of the day, like a budget's just a plan for your money. And it's just knowing that 50% is going towards my necessities, 20% is going towards my fun. And the thing is, you can have a budget and you can have fun. It's just planning for that fun and making sure that you can do everything and you can save money. And it's removing that kind of negativity around the word budget and actually just realizing that it's a way for you to hit your goals, whatever those goals are to you. Yes. And like my approach with it is that it doesn't have to be like so set in stone, like down to the cent that I'm spending, but just to give myself an idea, okay, I want to try stay within this amount of spending for my dining and entertainment so that I'm aware and my habits daily, weekly, monthly, and that way I'm able to eventually move out or invest in that house or whatever it may be. And I can live life freely without being like scared. Am I going to run out of money? So on the topic of coffee, a lot of people tell you, I always hear this, if yeah. you, particularly with Starbucks, if you stop buying your Starbucks every day, you can buy a house or you can do X, Y, Z. Um, instead of like spending it, you could save it. So do you have any tips for saving? Like what are your top tips that you tell your friends, your audience when it comes to saving? Yeah, for sure. And I have a couple. But I think before jumping into that, it's important and we just discussed it that if you love coffee and if you get joy from your takeaway one every day and you factored it into your budget, then get your coffee every day. Life's short and you like we still need to be enjoying ourselves and not living on a restricted kind of budgeting style. And it's really important that as you said before, there's no one size fits all approach to money. Everyone's situation's Mm -hmm. different. Everyone's goals are different and everyone's values are different and that's okay. And as long as your spending aligns with your financial goals and what you're aiming to save for, what you want to prioritize spending your money on, then that's what we should be striving for. So that's really important to start off on the outset, but some practical savings tips. The best one that I that we always recommend to our audience is break down your goal. It's actually so much more achievable when you break it down over a time period. So if you want to save $5,000 in 12 months, divide 5,000 by 12, and that's only $417 a month. So 
it's way more achievable when you break down your goals into bite-sized pieces and then automatically set up a transfer to transfer to your that to your savings every month. So that's the easiest way to save. Um, some other ones that you can do is rounding up your purchases to the closest dollar, $5, $10, and then transferring that round up to your savings. I know a lot of banking apps can do that automatically now, so see if yours can. Um, another one that you can do is a savings challenge. There's awesome templates. We have a free one on our website where you it's all these little squares with different numbers and you cross one off every time you transfer to your savings. And then by the end of the sheet, you've saved a thousand dollars, for example. Some other ones as well is you can make a game out of savings. So for example, every time you make your lunch instead of buying it out, or you make your coffee at home instead of buying it out, transfer $5 to your savings as a reward to yourself. So like you would be spending it out, then transfer that to your savings instead. And another one as well is if you buy something on sale, so say you bought a $100 dress for $80, transfer that $20 savings to your savings account. So like assume that you just paid full price to it and all those little things actually add up really quickly and it doesn't make savings feel like a difficult or a hard thing. So savings should feel natural. So automate as much as possible and try and make it a game where possible. I love that. And I want to know your opinion on saving versus investing, whether it be like a mutual fund or stocks, whatever it may be. What do you think is more worthwhile the investment i guess because it's both time and money well i think you definitely need to be doing both saving and investing but if you're just starting off and just trying to get your money in order like savings is the first thing you want to be focusing on especially saving up an emergency fund for any time that things go wrong and aiming for about three to six months for that one um as well as that the difference between saving and investing is usually your time horizon. So the general rule of thumb in the industry is you wouldn't invest anything if you need to use that money in the next five years. So investing is a really long-term strategy, even though I know there's a lot of crypto and there's a lot of trendy stocks out there at the moment. But at the end of the day, like you should be in the investing world for the long term because it does fluctuate. Like last year, there was a massive crash in the market because of COVID mm. and things pick up, things pick down. So if you're aiming to grow your money, it needs to be a long-term thing. Whereas savings is the stuff that you can access really easily. If you want to go on a holiday in the near future, you want to buy a car or you need, you're saving up for a house deposit, that should all be in your savings. And then you mentioned a house. So for me, I'm looking to move out and rent. Um, I know a lot of people say wait to move out until you can buy a place because it's better in the long run because like the house or the apartment unit is like an investment. But if you are save, say I have my checking account and then I have my savings account. If I'm saving to move out, should I open up a separate savings account for that money that's going to be moving out? Or should I just be putting it into my one savings account that I have that's just like my long-term savings account? Yeah, so this really depends on you as an individual person. I know different people like different things. There's some people in our community that have 10 savings accounts and they label each one with moving out, with holiday, with buying a new car. And for them, it motivates them to see that amount go up towards the specific goal. Whereas other people prefer having just one big savings account with a big number and it gets them excited. So it really depends on what motivates you the most. and 
if you're more diligent that you know that this amount of money within the big savings account is going towards moving out or if you prefer having it really segmented. But especially for a longer term goal like that, making sure it's in a high interest account is really important. So you're getting the most bang for your buck. Mine is in a high interest account. I made Amazing. sure of it. <laughs> So on the topic of student loans, because I'm graduating soon, I'm going to have to pay off my student loan. Do you have any advice for paying off debt fast, um, particularly student loans, because it can be quite challenging and intimidating? Yeah, for sure. And I think debt is quite overcomplicated, especially in the media. I think it's made to be a lot more complicated than it needs to be. But the best place to start is know exactly what your situation is. I know a lot of people kind of live in the dark with what their loans are, what their debts are. So sit down, write out all your debts, what the balance is and what the interest rate is and the minimum repayment. So that's the starting point for any debt that you have. And then at the end of the day, the way that you can pay down your debt faster is to pay more than the minimum repayment. So what you need to do is figure out the minimum repayment and then figure out how much extra you can contribute. And that's what's going to pay off your student loan debt faster. And then there's two ways to put more money towards your debt is to either make more money that you can put towards your debt or reduce your current expenses and put that extra money towards your debt. So that's it in a nutshell. And do you recommend, well, I guess you kind of covered this, but would you recommend paying it off like in a smaller amount each month or like wait until you're able to pay more than that minimum requirement and then do that? Yeah, well, again, it comes down. Yeah, it comes down to your personal situation. But obviously, you always want to be hitting the minimum repayments. But the more that you can put towards your debt faster, the more that you'll be saving in interest. And I'm not sure what your interest rates are for your student loans in Canada, but they can be crazy. And it adds so much money over time to the initial payment and the initial principle of that debt. So the faster that you can pay off that debt, the better. So funneling a lot of that money into the debt, especially if the interest rates are like 10, 15, 20%, which is insane. Um, yeah, really focusing on paying as much as you can off as quickly as possible. So you recently graduated school, whether it be high school or college, whatever you're studying, and you're into the real world. I'm giving a little scenario for the listeners. And you're starting to work, aka your Lanny, you're about to start working. <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self with regard to money and career and everything that she's about to encounter? Well, firstly, it's very exciting times are going into the real world. And I think there is such a big, it's a scary world out there. I know in high school and in college and university, we call it in Australia, it's kind of like you're on this path, as in you're just attending every day, you attend your classes, you do your assignments, whereas once you graduate, you don't have that structure anymore. It's just the world is your oyster and you can do anything that you want, which is equally as scary as it is exciting. And I think my biggest career tip is, it's okay to not know what you want to do. And I know there's so much pressure when you're 17, 18, finishing school to kind of figure out what you want to study at college, university, or figuring out what you want to do as your job and your career. And most, as I said before, most people don't know what they want to do. And it's totally okay to not know what you want to do. And the best thing is to just try a lot of things, give things a shot, try things that interest you and don't stick around just for the sake of it in a job is a big tip that I would give. And as well as that, be patient. I know a lot of people, especially younger people now, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we lack patience because we're so used to being able to get everything instantly on our mm -hmm. phones. So 
be patient. Things will work out. Just keep trying things, try things that interest you and things that could potentially be your biggest passion and eventually it will work out and you'll figure it out. So they're my biggest career tips. And in terms of money, as we said before, learn how to manage your money as early as possible. That is so, so important and the most important thing that you can do for yourself. And as we said before, start saving and start investing when you're young because you have time on your side and time like from when you're 20 to when you're 65 and retire, that is 45 years that you can be saving and investing and really setting yourself up for a good life. Um, and to start off, like set a budget, make a plan for your money and develop that positive relationship with money and understand that money is a tool to help you achieve your goals. It's not evil. It's not going to make you greedy. It's just a tool to help you achieve your goals. And at SWS, we're really big advocates that you can be good at your money and you can have fun and you can still live your life. So it's about balancing those two things and knowing your goals and planning for that. To start off with that, as we said before, set up a budget and have a plan for your money and really focus on developing a positive relationship with your money because at the end of the day, money is just a tool that can help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So removing that negative stigma around money is super important and just understanding what your financial goals are and how you can plan to achieve those. So that's really important. And as I said before, at SWS, we're such big advocates that you can be good with your money and you can still live your life and have fun. It's just about being able to plan for that. So the earlier you learn how to plan and plan for your money and budget for that, the more you'll be able to feel kind of satisfied with what you're doing. I'm most definitely in this stage of my life. When it comes to applying for jobs post-grad, do you have any tips and words of wisdom for someone who's maybe looking for a job besides not being scared to apply for jobs that you don't think you're qualified, maybe in terms of like networking and how to go about that whole realm of things? Yeah, for sure. And I am the biggest believer that your network is so, so important. So if you're really looking for a particular job, do you know anyone in that industry? Even if they're a junior worker, you'd be surprised by how they could speak to their managers to get you an interview, how they could just give you some insights into the application process. Have a think about if you have any friends or family in the industry that you want to be in, or if any of your friends have parents or something in the industry. So really focus on leaning into your network and seeing what support you can get from them because what I have found and what I find with a lot of my personal friends and my network is most of the time, and especially after your grad role, is people get jobs through their connections. So the more that you can lean into your network, the better. And if you don't have a network, you'd be surprised by how willing and how kind people are with mm -hmm. their time. So if you don't have LinkedIn, make a LinkedIn now. I really, really strongly recommend that. And if you're really interested in someone's role, connect with them on LinkedIn and just say, hi, I am so interested in your role. I'd love to set up a 15 minute chat, like a Zoom call. If you can catch up for a coffee, even better. And you'd be surprised by how many people are so willing to do that. And then they can share their insights, they might even be able to recommend you for a position at their company. And again, it's putting yourself out there and it is super scary, but that's the easiest way to make connections. And LinkedIn is a gold mine for that. In high school, my business teacher said, what's more important, who you know or what you know? And at the time, 
I thought what you know is more important. But as I've gotten older and now going into my career and starting my career path, I've learned it really is who you know. And yes, like what you know is important, but you can always learn the skills on the job. But to get the job, a lot of the time, it's who you know and your connections and their connections. And that's actually how I got my internship for the summer. I used my connections. I reached out and I pitched myself to him and now he's my boss. The position I don't believe existed before, but I just pitched myself and made a good impression and leveraged my network in order to find a position because right now the job markets are tough and you really have to show up for yourself and go out and meet up with those people and make those connections and it really is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in my corporate experience. So previous to running this company, I worked for a big four accounting consulting firm and I was also involved in recruitment of grads. And a big thing that we loved is when the students would reach out to us when they would send an email or a LinkedIn request or they would come to our networking events and really make an effort to introduce themselves. So take advantage of those opportunities that your college or your university provides for you and go to those networking events because the people there work at the company and they do remember you like don't pass up those opportunities and really start making those connections as young as possible the worst they can do is not answer or say no to your request so you'll never know unless you don't try (laughs) yes (laughs) if you were going to leave one piece of advice for the listeners if they didn't listen to anything else in this podcast what do you want to leave them with practically in terms of your money I'll do a money and a career one for your money set up a budget today and set up a budget that works for you and it's not too restrictive that you can stick to and then in terms of career be patient trust the process things will work out if you're getting a lot of job rejections right now it's okay a rejection is just a redirection where can the listeners find you So you can find us in a variety of areas. So you can go onto our website, smartwomensociety.com, if you want to check out any of our resources or our products, which we have our game plans. And we've also set up a a special code for any listeners. So if you can use RAY10 for 10% off, R-A-E-10. And don't forget we all to follow us on Instagram at Smart Women's Society. Thank you so much, Tia, for coming on Morning Ray. It was a pleasure to have you here and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun chatting. If you enjoyed <laughs> listening <laughs> to this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps support Morning Ray. I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.